Welcome to another message from C3 Mumbai. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. I, I, my topic today is uh, called, Is Daddy Watching? Is Daddy Watching? It's Father's Day topic. Um, one of the things I've noticed with my children, I, I just had Willow on my lap, and I have another child called Elijah, if you don't know this, he's seven, and Willow is nearly three, and actually, Elijah's nearly eight, isn't he? Wow, okay. Uh, well, it's crazy, I'm getting old, because uh, my kids are getting old. Um, so, so, one thing I've noticed with my children is this thing that I've kind of called the look over. Whenever they're doing something, um, uh, and I'm uh, across the room, uh, and if uh, this particularly with Elijah, if he's doing something like maybe trying to kick a ball, or if he's trying to skateboard, or if he's trying to ride a bike, or if he's singing, or if he's performing on his drums, he's got a little drum kit at home, or whatever he's doing, if I'm across the room, the first person I can guarantee... If, he's, if his mummy's not there, uh, it, well, I, I can guarantee he's going to look over at me just to see if I'm watching him. And the question in his mind when, when he, when he kind of looks over to the other side of the room to see if I'm looking is, is, is daddy watching? Is daddy watching? It's always a point where I don't have to say anything much. I don't have to really do much except just acknowledge to him that I can see him. You know what I'm talking about, right? That I can see him. I'll wink or I'll do this or do that or do this. or I don't know. I'll do something just to let him know that I can see him. And Willow, she may not need to be doing anything in particular, but she wants to know that I'm looking at her. And if, and if she notices that, you know, there's a whole lot of other people in the room and there's a whole lot of maybe other babies in the room, you know, other baby girls in particular in the room, she'll want to know if, if, if daddy can see her amongst all of that. And if I can't, if I can't, she'll make sure that I can. Because there's this question that these children, my children and all of us actually as children, and even today that we ask, is, is daddy watching? Can he see me? Can he see me? And, and I know for my children that they derive their self-confidence from this. Uh, that they actually, they, they derive some self-esteem from this. And if this, were, if this was missing from their lives, then it's going to affect them, right? We all know this. It's kind of general knowledge. But, but no matter what age we are, there is this desire, there is this need in us to be seen by the right person. And, and impressing our fathers, no matter what age you are, whether you're a two-year-old little girl or you're a 40-year-old man like myself, nearly 40, um, or if you're a 60, 70, there is this desire in us to impress our fathers. I'm talking about our dads, right? It's like we just want them to know that we've got it together. It always needs to be Fulfilled. There's always this question, is, is daddy watching? Can he see me? Now we need to talk about this desire because it actually will shape our worldview. It shapes the way we see the world. If we do or don't get these desires fulfilled, these natural desires by our earthly dads fulfilled, it will shape the way we see things. 
Now, I know everyone in a room like this has a different relationship with their dad. Your relationship would be different to mine just because that's how the world works. So I know in this room there are some who have still got their fathers with them. There are some who today would be mourning the loss of their father because he's no longer with them. And my heart is with you. I know uh, that, that that must be difficult. I'm fortunate enough to have my daddy still around and he is currently uh, on a cruise ship up in the Europe somewhere, cruising around looking at some islands in, off Greece or something. A bit jealous of that. But, but <laughs> we all have different situations with our fathers, but the, the security that we derive from our fathers, at some point, at some point, will be broken. See, with, with our dads... At some point, our daddies pass away. Or if they haven't passed away, for some of us may have really good fathers who have it all together. Some of us don't. Where our fathers have let us down, or where our fathers may have, because of the sin in their own life, and because of their own brokenness, they have, they have pushed that brokenness onto us, Right? Now, this has some powerful negatives. That, can, that, that, that whether, whether we lose our daddies one day or whether or not our daddies are lost to us in, in this life and they're still alive, my dad is a good man. I, I love my dad. He is he, he's a good man. He, you know, he's made mistakes, but he's always owned up to them. But I know that one day, my dad is not going to be around. And I know that moving here as, as an Aussie guy and my dad's still in Australia, there are moments where I'm walking through life and I'm just, I feel alone and I'm not sure why and I just realize I'm just missing my parents. I'm missing my dad. I'm missing that camaraderie that you have, that I happen to have with my father. But there can be some powerful negatives when brokenness comes into relationships with our father and, or when we, when we lose our father. See, we can all of a sudden feel alone. Or some other things that can tend to happen when a relationship with a dad isn't that good. We can get overdriven. Ambition is fine. But you know how it is when you're just pushing harder and it, it doesn't seem to make sense sometimes. Because there's this need to prove oneself as better, right? It can even cause depression and anxiety and it, it can even, I've, seen, I've seen this working out in, in my experience as a pastor where a relationship with a father is broken, where it's not right, it's, it's kind of, it's just not, and it's not able to be put together and that person goes from bad relationship to bad relationship with the opposite sex, where they just can't seem to, to walk in and make good decisions. They keep on making bad decisions in these areas of their lives. And it's, it's, it's connected to their relationship with their father or lack thereof. You know, a bad relationship with a daddy can, 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 can make one's self-worth extremely low. Or one can be looking for love in all the wrong places. You know, for me, for me personally, uh, you saw me playing the drums today. One of the things I used to um, 
do for my dad is, is play drums in his church that he started. My dad's a church planner. He's been, you know, I've grown up in the church my whole life. And uh, I, I, I kind of, uh, <clears throat> with, with the school system, I was a bit of a creative kid. I don't know if there's any creative kids around. Um, I'm sure you are here. And uh, you know what I'm talking about. You kind of just don't quite fit, right? And I didn't quite fit in the whole school system. I actually just didn't fit. Um, but one thing I was good at was music. Okay, one thing I was good at was music. And one thing that um, my dad is good at was also music. My dad is a singer, a guitarist. He's even made an album once. It's pretty cool. And um, uh, I, one, one way that I knew I could get my dad's approval, although his approval was always there, but one way that I kind of wanted to prove myself worthy to my dad was through music because I knew that even though school I wasn't that good at and he was pretty good at school. He was like my dad was a bit of an all-rounder. So, so I, I knew that, that, that music, me being really good at music, was, was like something that I could do to prove myself, you know. Now, whenever a drummer would come into my church, we would have drummers come and do this and I would get like really down if they were better than me. And it would actually drive me, it would literally drive me to be a better drummer than them, right? I would just compete instantly. Oh, it's better drama. Okay, hmm. All right. what are they doing? Okay, I can assess. No, 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 no. Okay, I'm going to be better than them, and I'd get better than them in order to prove myself. Now, I didn't know that I was trying to prove myself, but I was. See, these, these things are powerful in our world. Is daddy watching? Is daddy watching? And that was the question in my heart that I didn't know I was even asking that I was trying to prove myself to my dad. My dad had given approval. He had given it, no problem. He, but, but see, what happened, and off, offset of that, would, was, 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 was I would be really quite prideful about my ability to drum. And it would be a source of boasting and kind of showing off for me. I would show off. You know, I could do this and that. And, this. and, and musicians would be on stage, like with me drumming, you know, other musicians, because like, here's the thing with the music sort of thing it's a team thing like everything else in the world okay everything else works on team music and and what you can see on stage is is, is a part of team so all of these big music groups that are like you know who's your favorite like you two you know or whatever they're all teams that play music together that's what they are but when you get a, a musician who is like trying to prove himself as a musician this horrible thing happens where he's like doing all the talking and everybody else is just looking at them going I wonder when they're going to be quiet so I'd be doing all these fills like really fast really fast holy spirit you know and I'd be like full I can put that there I can do this I can do this I can do that and I can do this and look and you know what the question was in my heart, I was doing all of these things, and any drummer in the room would be like, wow, I mean, that guy's okay, but like, man, he's playing a lot. Uh, I, I, was like, I was like, is my dad watching? Is daddy watching? That's how it, affect, it, that's how it affected me. Because I knew music was the one thing that would connect me with my dad, right? I want to I ask you a question of the same. How is your relationship with your daddy? Even if it's a good one, is that question in your heart or has it been something that you have asked, is daddy watching? And if, if you can feel a sense of insecurity come into your life and, and your thoughts, as, uh, this question is something that, that you need to assess and think about because it is affecting you. It actually is affecting you. It affected me because... 
Well, there were times more than often that I just did not feel good enough. And the problem with this is, as you have children, you tend to pass these things on. We pay it forward, right? Whatever we have had done to us or whatever we feel has been done to us, we pay it forward. So unless we deal with these wounds, unless we deal with these things, these questions in our heart, they are going to keep on moving on from generation to generation. But it's okay. Is Daddy watching? Do you see me? Dad, do you get me? Do you understand me? Have you been there for me? Sometimes the generation gap can be so vast, so different, that it's just like you can't even... But it's all good. Look at your neighbor and say, it's all good. It's all good. You know why? Because Jesus, when he came and walked the earth, one of the things that he modeled for us and one of the things that was so visible, something that we could see so clearly, was his relationship with the Father. And the way he connected with the Father through prayer. You could see, whenever Jesus was praying, he was praying to the Father. Even when he, when he taught us how to pray in Matthew chapter 6, with the, 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 the Lord's Prayer, you know the Lord's Prayer, right, everyone? If you've been to a, one of these schools where you're forced to do that, you know, you have to recite it as fast as you possibly can. It starts with our Father. See, see you've got to understand something. Jesus' relationship with God the Father and his prayer life was marked by the fatherhood of God and his sonship. sonship. You can do a study on it. You'll see all of his prayers are our father, 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 father. All of them. Because it's a son talking to a dad. It's a son talking to a dad. And it's amazing because he came to model for us what a proper relationship between a dad and a son should be. And he walks that out throughout his life. Let's go to Matthew chapter 3 and have a look at one of the moments where we can see the Father, God, with His Son, Jesus. And and what you have to keep in mind as I go through these scriptures is what Jesus had is, is available for you. The relationship that God had with Jesus and Jesus had with God, His Father, is the relationship that He has for you. And this is really important to understand because at some point, the relationship we have with our earthly fathers, at some point, whether it be when they're alive or when they're gone, it will be broken. And we will feel alone in this world. And we will look to them and we won't be able to get what we need and they will not see us anymore. And see, God knew about this. It's one of the reasons why he sent his son Jesus to model fatherhood and what it is to be a son or a daughter of the most high God. Let's read this from Matthew chapter 3 verse 13 to 17. It says, Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you. Do you come to me? 
Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice came from heaven said, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. This is my son whom I love and I'm well pleased. I want to ask you a question. Had Jesus done anything in his ministry at that point? What had Jesus done for God to, to go all out and tell him and everybody that this is his son that he is well pleased with? What had Jesus done except just exist? The answer is, is he had done nothing. He hadn't achieved a thing. And here is God from the outset as the father saying, this is my son. And I'm well pleased with him. And I love him. If we could just put up my first slide, please, Sam. And, and this, is, this is the point I'm trying to make. We are approved before achievement. This is what the point of all this was about. Before you do anything for God... Before you can say or do or have the right things to do and whatever and all the things that you might think that you need to do to get God's approval, let me tell you something, you're approved. And the Father is pleased with you. And He loves you so much that even while you're in your sin, even while you're doing the wrong thing, even while you're away from Him, He still sent His Son and put His Son on the cross and gave His Son as a sacrifice so that we could have life. Just in case you would come to Him. Just in case you would come to know Him. Just in case you would step into a room like this where someone gives the gospel to you, the good news that Jesus gave His life so you didn't have to die. So you can come back and have a restored relationship with a Father who loves you so much. And it's all done before you have achieved a thing. The Father loved Jesus first. The Father announces His approval for Jesus before Jesus has done a thing. And he wants to pass on this relationship with us. Let's look at another scripture. Matthew chapter 6, verse 5 to 8. And this is Jesus talking about prayer. And he says this, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to who? What's it say? Who does it tell you to pray to? Your father. What's that about? I thought prayer was like, I, don't, I thought prayer was different. No, it's, prayer is a relationship. 
It's a conversation between you and God, the Father who is your Father, who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think that they will be heard because of their many, 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 repetitive, 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 repetitive words. Thanks for laughing, Rachel. I don't think anyone got that joke. Rachel's laugh is not really that I'm funny. She's just letting you all know that I'm cracking jokes. Looking at me like going, you caught me. Okay. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. Before you can do all of those things that you think you need to do in prayer, he knows what you need. He knows. You know, we can be doing this and that. And, okay, I'm just going to do all of these things to get God's attention. He's like standing there going like, I'm, 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 I'm here. Oh, but God, I thought I had to... Forget it, forget it. It's a relationship. Could you imagine getting before a friend who's like, you know, like a, a friend, a really, really good friend, and you're like, okay, we're going to talk, you know? And, and, and your friend says, oh, good, we're going to talk. Good, 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 good. And before you talk, you start doing like sort of samurai sort of stuff, you know? Like, you're like what are you doing? It's like, I'm just preparing for you to listen to me talking. <laughs> You'd be like, what? Why are you doing all of that? And that's kind of what it's like with God the Father. I've got to do all of this stuff, you know. He's like, hey, yo, I'm here. Like, I sent the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. And we had a kind of a bit of a day of Pentecost last weekend. It was pretty cool. God just sort of came. He's like, I, I came. I sent my Holy Spirit. He's present with you. And all of the sacrifices and all of the stuff that you need to do was all done on the cross. So why are you doing all of that when it's just about a relationship with a father? It's just a relationship with a father. Here's my second slide. This is the point I'm making about this scripture. God knew Jesus' need. See, this is Jesus. He's talking out of the Bible here. He's preaching out what he knows. It's all about, see, see when you pray to your father. Your Father who sees what is done in secret. This is what Jesus would do. And Jesus knew that the Father knew. What, what, was, what was... That was a funny sneeze. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help myself. <laughs> I couldn't ignore it. I tried my hardest. <laughs> Whoever that was, I love you. That was awesome. Thank you. It was good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> bit of comic relief. I didn't even have to be funny. That's awesome. See, God knew Jesus' need. God knew Jesus' need. And Jesus was trying to pass on to the people that were listening to him. Listen, I know that God knows what I know and he knows what I need. But I pray to him because of our relationship. And, 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 and God knows your needs. It's what Jesus was trying to say. He knows what you need. So your prayers aren't about needs. What are your prayers about? Relationship with the Father. 
oh, what, I can't bring my needs? Well, then he goes on and talks about that. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your on earth is in. Give us today our daily bread. No, you can bring up all your needs and all of that sort of stuff, but, but, but don't think for a second, if you're doing that without a relationship with God, that you're living out the fullness of what God actually meant for you through Christ. God knew Jesus' need. God knows our need. We're approved before our achievement. Secondly, God knows your needs. The Father knows what you need. Let's go to one more verse and I'm going to close on this. Psalms chapter 139, verse 14 to 18. I love this scripture. It's a beautiful scripture. Beautiful, beautiful scripture. I love this. I'm going to read it to you. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. I want you to hear this, okay? See, see the writer of this psalm, David, he was smart. First he says, I praise you, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, okay? Your works are wonderful, I know that full well. See, he's talking about himself. Some of you, uh, need to, you, need to, you need to have this scripture on your mirror when you look at yourself. And you need to recite it to yourself and, and praise God because you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And the works of God are wonderful. Some of you don't know that full well. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit wants to come and show you and bring peace into your world. Verse 15, my frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days were ordained for me, um, were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were Were I to count them? They would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still. I'm still. I'm still. I'm still with you. Who wants stillness in their world? Amongst all the chaos, amongst all the chaos and all the mess and all the craziness, we all want stillness. When we begin to realize... That God sees you, yes. But He doesn't just see you. He sees you as fearfully and wonderfully made. It changes everything. And there is a stillness and a calmness that comes into your life where you no longer have to prove yourself. See, these are the things we're always trying to prove. We're trying to prove that we're wonderfully made. We're trying to prove that, that we're all that. And when we come out of that place where we're constantly trying to approve because we're wondering if anyone sees us, we're going to be striving for something or we're going to be resigning to the fact that we're just not good enough and it's going to affect us negatively. It's not going to be good. But when we begin to realize this fact that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, that the works of God are wonderful and that you are woven together by the hand of God, And before you've achieved anything, this is the other thing I want you to see. In verse 16, it says, Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Am I good enough to do this? Am I good enough to do that? Can I do this? Can I do that? Well, 
Yes, it's written in the book already. You've already done it. Anybody, having, anybody struggling with confidence right now? I'm telling you something. When you're, when you're following God, when you're in His will, when you're walking with God and you're, you're surrendered to the Holy Spirit and you realize your need for Him and you start to walk in, in, in His way, I'm telling you something. You start to, he starts to call you into things that you never thought could, could happen. He starts to call you into things where, where you begin to live out your purpose and you walk into places and things and, and situations where you're like, I don't know if I'm good enough to do this. And God says, you are, it's already written. I wrote it before you were born, baby. So what you worrying about? What you worrying about? What's all that all the what's that all that all that all that fretting, all that worry, all that wondering whether or not I see you, or all that wondering whether or not your daddy sees you. Let me tell you something. I see you and it's written. I have a plan for you. It's my third slide. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. We have nothing to worry about. First was Jesus, or we, are approved before achievement by the Father in heaven. And the second thing is God knew Jesus' need and God knows your need. So you can come to Him. It's all good. And the third thing is, is we are fearfully and wonderfully made by our Father who created this universe and all of its splendor and all that it can do. I was just in the week for uh, my brother-in-law, Luke, and my sister-in-law, Andrea, who are here. Oh, Andrea is. Um, is, is um, we went to Mableshwa and we, we stayed in this re- resort. It was beautiful and just overlooking this mountain. And it's just like, oh, we're kind of in the clouds. I love how in Mableshwa you're kind of in these clouds and you're like, wow. Man, God, you created all of this. And he created the most beautiful thing. The, mo- the pinnacle of his creation was, was you. Is you. He created all that first, but he saved us for last. And he made a way for us. <sighs> Fearfully and wonderfully made. So I want, to, I want you to ask this question. I've got to finish up right now. But I want to leave you with this question. Where do you derive your approval from? Who is it that you're looking for to look at you? You know, as adults, it kind of plays out in a different way. We can start to look for it from all sorts of different places. But it started when we were this little children with our mummies and daddies. And one of the things I've done, a bit of counselling in my time as a pastor, you know, working one-on-one with people, 99% of people's problems comes back to their parents. And that's a bit scary because I'm a parent. And I go, oh man, I hope I'm doing the right thing. (laughs) But... Maybe some of us need to go back to our childhoods. Maybe some of us need to think about some issues that we had back then. Missing dads. Dads who were working too much. Dads who just weren't there. Dads who never looked at you. Dads who never gave you the approval that you needed. Dads who who didn't work on, on trying to get things right. 
but just let them be. Dads who were despondent. Or dads that just didn't get it. I don't know. I'm just trying to, I'm just throwing things out there for, for anyone in the room to grab a hold of because I'm telling you something, God. He is our Father. And He is the perfect Father. And He knew that this world that we grow up in, this world that we live in, is full of brokenness and sin. So He made a way through His Son, Jesus, so that we could have our relationship restored with Him and be with God the Father, even while we live out this world and then when He takes us back into heaven. He's made a way. C3 Mumbai is a church in the heart of India's commercial capital, where a diverse group of people brought together to worship God and to pass on the hope of salvation by grace that we freely received. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. Follow us on Instagram or tweet us on our handle at C3 Mumbai. Hey, it's Ryan here. If you enjoyed this message and you live in Mumbai, we would love to meet you in person. Why don't you come along 11.30 a.m. Studio 10 at Famous Studios in Mahalakshmi. 